Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and just want to wish a happy Thursday to you all. Um, I had received an email from a listener, and she writes me, her name is Elena, I won't reveal her last name, obviously, but she wrote um, back on the 6th and said, I have been thinking about how things may go down. The thought of possible cannibalism going rampant often crosses my mind, oddly due to food shortages. What does the Bible say about cannibalism? Is it, in fact, a sin or a curse? I know that pagan worshippers often do this in their practice, and there are people, in fact, who do drink blood and sacrifice people. Whereas Christians symbolically drink the wine and eat the bread in remembrance of Jesus, I am curious to learning about it. And um, I had uh, wrote her an email back and actually recorded a message, but you know, I got a lot of good feedback on this. I did this yesterday. And so I felt that, you know, why not? Why not release it as a regular podcast? So the title of today's podcast is going to be called Cannibalism Judgment versus the Bread of the Living God. So, I mean, wow, you know, referring back to your email, Sister Elena, you live in California. Do you, are you aware, Elena? Are you guys aware how much the celebrities do that? I mean, it's come out that Gwen Stefani does it. It's come out that Meryl Streep takes part in stuff like that. It's come out that Tom Hanks. I don't know if all that's true. I've read things about it. But they literally take initiations. Anybody in the music and movie industry, they take initiations um, to do things. And back when I was part of the secular world, I used to listen to uh, rock bands like Audio Slave and Soundgarden and um, Linkin Park. And I remember reading stories that um, Chris Cornell, for example... He wanted so badly to get out of that. He had been in it since the 90s or the early 90s when he got his career started. And he wanted to get out so bad that he killed himself. Because they say that once you get into those things, you cannot get out. Because they literally sign their soul away to get those record contracts and those movie contracts. And most people, they're unaware of that. So I didn't know if you knew that, um, how corrupt Hollywood is. I mean, and that's not, that's just the eating human flesh and blood part of it. I mean, they do all kinds of nasty things with children. There's stuff I've read you don't... I mean, I don't know how much you can stomach, but this is why I speak so seriously to things that when I talk about them on my podcast, because there is so much nasty, nasty stuff that goes on that people aren't even aware of. I mean, they're doing experiments on children, you know, underground. I mean, they're doing some of the things... I mean, John B. Wells, he did a show recently where there's a bill that they're sponsoring right now. I think Congress is sponsoring it where they're literally taking children's heads, and this is babies, and they're cutting them off and keeping them on ice. Like, Fresh Not Frozen was the name of the podcast. And you know what? I'll tell you what. I was not even going to insert that into any of my podcasts, but I don't think people would believe it unless they heard it. So I'm going to play that segment really quick cuz you know what? People need to they need to know about it. I did put it up on my website. I think I put the YouTube video up and I don't even know if it's still on YouTube right now. But let's take a listen to a, a part of that clip just for a moment in case anyone doesn't believe it. We now welcome back to the program Mary Fanning of the AmericanReport.org. She's solo tonight. Alan Jones is not with her. It's just uh, Mary and me and all of you. So welcome back Mary. How are you doing tonight? It's nice to be with you, John. Thank you for all you are doing for our country. And um, 
I think it's so important what you do because Archbishop Vigano brought his message to you um, to reach out to the American people because of some of the things that are happening in this country. And um, you are getting to the American people and Archbishop Vigano trusts you in the intelligence briefing to bring this information forward with you. That's an astounding, humbling compliment. Thank you very, very much. And thank you for connecting the Ark Midnight and Caravan to Midnight family members, which are one and the same. The Ark is just the transmitter, right? So we reach the caravan with it. But anyway, I digress. Thank you very much for, for bringing him to our attention. And this relationship that has been forged here is absolutely excellent. Just uh, yeah. maybe set the stage for us and um, and then uh, well, give Bobby the word when you want him to punch the button. <laughs> we'll hear, we'll hear well, the Archbishop. Well, let me start with where you began the show tonight. And it, and it is that may God help us. May God help us. So the information was brought forward about fresh, never frozen. And Tom Fitton, what a brave man. He said in 23 years, these are the worst documents he has ever seen, that they are horrifying. Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch brought the information forward that the Obama administration was ordering fresh, never frozen, frozen 24-week-old gestational fetuses, six-month-old babies, um, and that their heads were being cut off, fresh, never frozen, and were being sent to the NIH and the NIAD and the FDA. They were ordering from human fetal tissue providers these 24-week gestational fetal fetuses, that six-month um, babies before they've been born. And their heads were being chopped off and sold. When you listen to Tom Fitton, and we'll have a piece out tonight about this, and Tom tells about our tax dollars are paying for this horrifying evil, this barbaric evil. And he only was able to get this judicial watch and Tom Fitton through discovery. Initially, also, the documents were all redacted, and Tom Fitton stayed with it until he had those documents so that, that they, the redactions were removed. And he said this was just the most, as I said, the most horrifying thing he had seen in 23 years. The inhumanity, he said, was beyond any understanding, but understand we, the taxpayers, are paying for this. Now, what's important is that the Obama administration and Fauci and University of Pittsburgh were all involved in this and his FDA. Um, and now the Biden administration is, is bringing this back. They've gone to make an end run around the new Supreme Court finding that was sending this, the, the states back to the states the cause of abortion for the states to decide this with the uh, Dodd and Roe decisions, but we're still paying tax dollars are going to these fresh, never frozen babies' heads. What was also so disturbing is that Tom Fitton says, it's not clear that some of these babies were still alive when their heads were taken off. And, and this, this, is, this is not worthy of the American people. Our tax dollars going for something this evil must be stopped. This is not anything that any of us would ever stand up with uh, to do. And also understand that these body parts and these heads are also being used for human experimentation. And this goes through the vaccines. And uh, this is a time we, we can't just have this win at the Supreme Court and then go forward and let things like this happen. And many of your listeners, particularly those that are from Illinois, um, will remember that Barack Obama was behind the ruling that came down in Illinois when babies were born alive after abortion, that they were not allowed to be swaddled or held 
or anything else. They were to be put on a cold metal table in the corner until they died. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this is just not worthy of who we are as American people. And it's so evil. It, this is a time when, how do we not stand up for this? Anyone who's ever seen a new baby born understands that it is a gift from God. And, um, and, and this is a time that Archbishop Bigano is weighing in, particularly with Joe Biden now going to once again be paying for these fresh, not frozen. Imagine that, sending these heads on dry ice so they're fresh, not frozen. I mean, that is and, disgusting on a, such a spectacular level. It, it's literally making me sick to hear this. I got, a, I got a pretty strong stomach, but I'm telling you, it's being tested right now. This is nauseating. Sorry, my dear. Carry on. No, the American people are paying $515 per intact baby's heads and and then the other body parts. The Biden administration is putting this back and forth. President Trump canceled this. He was not allowing this to happen. And the Biden administration is starting this up. This is the most inhumane thing. This is this is in the name of the American people and our tax dollars, this, this barbarism. Again, Tom Fitton is to be congratulating, congratulated to, to bring the story forward, to get the documents, to sue, to have the redactions removed. But this cannot stand. This cannot stand. And it's so important that Archbishop Vigano came forward, having seen the story about what his, Tom Fitton has done, and he came forward to bring his comments on the intelligence briefing to stand with General McInerney, General Valley, Colonel Sellen, Colonel Tony Schaefer, and you, John B. Wells, to bring this information to the American people. This is our time. We cannot stand for this evil. This is, this is something that we were all horrified by, anything that took place in Hitler's Germany. How do we let something like this take place in this country in our name? That's a really good question. My first response would be a little on the cynical side. is because we've abandoned our character completely. We've completely abandoned our character, not all of us, but as a nation we have. But then again, that may be a little harsh, Mary, because until tonight, how many millions of people did not know this was going on at all? Shall we hear the Archbishop? You want to hear him now? Yes, we we should. And we should understand the moral and legal outrage of what's taking place. Thank you. Let's the audience hear from Archbishop Vigano. I learn with horror. The news released by Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton that the Obama-era FDA had purchased fresh and never frozen aborted baby heads and other body parts. Faith with the order of crimes that cry out for vengeance in the sight of God. The time has come that the Bishop of the United States of America should condemn the crime of the abortion on the most solemn and unequivocal way, imposing excommunication on all those who betray the natural law and the commandments of God, act in politics and institutions to make this latter of innocent possible. Among these, undoubtedly, Joe Biden, who despite bearing the Catholic name, just signed an executive order to recognize the right to kill babies in the mother's womb. The American people, comforted by the historical ruling of the Supreme Court, must regain the pride of their dignity 
and their faith and put an end to this massacre, behind which the full profit of the organ trade and the unspeakable interest of the deep state are hidden. Awful. Unbelievable. But it's true. You know, I think that uh, that Obama bunch, what a monstrous pair they are. And the naive Americans and citizens of the world, oh, you know, Obama, he looks so good in a suit. Oh, Nelson Mandela looks so good in a suit. Well, two murdering communists. That's Mandela and Obama. So congratulations. That's what That's what feeling rather than thinking gets you. An Obama administration. Uh, save me from myself, please, Mary. Say something. So, yeah, you get the picture. And, I mean, I'm not going to play the whole thing because, I mean, due to the interest in the time of the podcast, I can't play the whole thing. It's like a 20 or 30 minute clip. But that gives you an idea. And, you know, Wells, he's right. You know, when you hear something like that, what's your initial reaction? What's your, what is the average person's initial reaction to hearing something like that and becoming aware of it? And I, when I heard that, I was between, I, I don't even know how I felt. I was just sitting there on my bed with my headphones in and I was, my mouth gaped open. I was like, this is disgusting. And I was between, I was between disgusted and outraged. I didn't even know how to feel about when I heard that because just the fact that our leadership, leaders of different states are like going along with this, you know, it's, it's sick. It's evil. And, you know, they're well aware of it. And the fact that he claims to be a Christian, the president claims to be a Christian and those surrounding him, a lot of them, that know them by their fruits. That's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, that's just, that's just straight up evil right there. And I mean, if you know your, if you know the scriptures of Jesus, if you know the testimonies of Jesus, you know how he feels about children. And so when I heard about that, I was like, you know, this country is going to get everything it deserves for what it's doing and its complicitness with going along and not even bothering to bring it up or say anything or speak out about it. And where are the churches? Where are the churches? And the sad reality is most Christians don't even want to talk about it because it makes their stomachs turn. But the thing is, people need to look look at this stuff and realize, you know, the Lord has to see this every day. Just think of how much of this he has to look at. He has to look at the sins of the innocent blood that's being shed. He has to look at all the perversion. You know, he has to look at all of this. And it's just... We're lucky we weren't destroyed a long time ago. It's for his mercy and patience of those he wants to save that we're still here. Because, you know, many rounds said it once. He's like, man, he could take this whole place out in like a matter of a second. So you went on in this email, and I don't want to get too far off topic. You said, I know that pagan worshipers often do this in their practice. And there are people, in fact, who do drink blood and sacrifice people. Whereas Christians symbolically drink the wine and eat the bread in remembrance of Jesus. I'm curious to learning about it. So, Elena, um, regarding your question, I pulled, before I got on here and started recording, um, I pulled some verses. I basically just went to DuckDuckGo. I went to a search engine. And how did I type it in exactly? Because you can do this yourself, so I want to tell you if you want to confirm it. Um, Bible versus eating flesh. That's what I put. And then you get BibleReasons.com. It says 20 important Bible verses 
about cannibalism. Let's actually look at this really quick. The cannibalism curse for sin, out of desperation, cannibalism occurred. Ezekiel 5, verses 7 through 11. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says, because you are more disrespectful than the nations that surround you. You didn't follow my statutes or follow my ordinances. You didn't even follow the ordinances of the surrounding nations. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. Watch out. That's right. Even I am against you. I'll carry out my sentence among you right in front of the nations. In fact, I'm going to do what I've never done before and what I'll never do. Because of all your loathsome behavior, fathers will eat their children in your midst. After this, your sons will eat their fathers as I carry out my sentence against you and scatter your survivors to the winds. Therefore, sure as I live, declares the Lord God, because you've defiled my sanctuary with every loathsome thing and every abomination. That's what I was just talking about. And, pe and by the way, that's not just those who are doing it. You know, this is why I talk about complacency a lot. You guys might have noticed this because when you are complacent and you know about something, you're not held guiltless. You should be at least speaking up to it and telling and saying, you know, that's wrong. I know where I stand. So if you know somebody who's like, let's say that, you know, here's a big one in California, the whole gay rights thing. People need to be speaking up that that is a sin and they're afraid. Well, why are they afraid? Well, they're afraid because of persecution. And this is actually why I'm in the process of doing a podcast on that right now because, and I've just been trying to pull together and sum together the notes because there's often misunderstanding also among that community. Number one, it's pride-based. Number two, they think that Christians are being hateful and that's simply not true. No, we're stating what the word says that it's a sin. They may say, well, I'm this way and I'm that way and I can't help it. It's like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to give in. You Romans 8 declares we are not obligated to do what our flesh wants or what it craves. It's when we fill ourselves with the Lord's presence, when we fill ourselves with his word, we are not going to want to do those things. And, you know, might I add, where it comes to being accused of being hateful, the average Christian does not want to see anybody destroyed, okay? I sit here a lot by myself and think about this all the time, about what is going to happen to the lost and what is going to happen to the unsaved and what is going to happen to those who do not believe in the Lord Jesus, what is going to happen to them. But remember, folks, even as we're all suffering, the Lord is being patient for those he desires to save. Second Peter 3, verses 8 through 10, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that the all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. That means every evil work, and everything in the earth will be found that is not of the Lord will be found to deserve judgment. That is how much the Lord wants people to come to him because a lot of people, they were raised Christian. They had a good upbringing, but they went out into the world and for whatever reason, they got mixed up, peer pressure, whatever. They were finding themselves as young adults. They figured that's, that's what I was supposed to do. Oh, this feels right. 
No, what it was was a deception by the enemy. And with everything being sexualized the way it is, there's a lot of confusion. And that is what the enemy does. He sends confusion. He sends demonic spirits. And it's in everything anymore. You can't even go on to Amazon Prime or you can't even put TV on. And everything is themed in homosexuality. It's literally being shoved in everyone's face. You know, Jesus said there was never a time like it, nor will there ever be again. And, you know, they're going to persecute eventually because they are going to rile those who are misled up against those who are walking with the Lord. That is the season we're in now. So, you know, it's very important to know Christians do not hate someone who is gay, okay? No, they do not like the sin because the Lord does not approve of the sin. The Lord wants people to come to repentance. And the word is clear. I've mentioned that in previous podcasts. I'm not going to go into a whole thing about that because I'm, again, getting too far off topic. But that needed to be mentioned as a side point. I have heard of many stories of those who have been delivered from that. So it can be done. It's just most people, they don't want to try. And that's like anything else. Is everybody perfect? No. But you can be delivered for things that are straight up an abomination, and that's one of them. And then like the abortion and eating flesh and who knows what they're even putting in the food right now. But let me read that again. Therefore, as sure as I live, declares the Lord. And this is Ezekiel 5, 7 through 11. I think this is verse 11. It doesn't have it laid out on this particular website. But therefore, as sure as I live, declares the Lord God, because you've defiled my sanctuary with every loathsome thing and every abomination, I'll restrain myself and I'll show neither pity nor compassion. So right now he's giving people the chance before these judgments hits. He's giving them the chance. That's why he sends people out like myself or others to witness his truth. So people have a choice. You know, I just got done quoting 2 Peter 3, verses 8 through 10, that he's not slack concerning his promise, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. I've, I have a few times been like called, oh, you're condescending, you're abrasive. It's like, well, but this is what needs to be said. This is the stuff that the church does not want to touch on. And that's why there's independent ministries being raised up. And we really need to be praying more and more and more that the Lord continues to send workers into the field because the harvest is great, but the workers are few. There's not a lot of people who are boldly going to speak. But everybody plays a part, and that's what they have to see. Anyway, I don't want to divulge too much off on that, but I think you know where I'm coming from. But let's move on. Point six on the cannibalism, Leviticus 26, verses 27 through 30. If you still refuse to listen to me, and if you still turn against me, then I will really show my anger. Did you hear that? If you still refuse to listen to me, and if you still turn against me, then I will really show my anger. That's those who are being warned of these abominations, and they scoff and mock at it. That's what I was talking about when I did that podcast on when they won't listen. What I was trying to say was, there's those who are going to mock and scoff, and they think that, you know, they believe God's a fairy tale. They don't take it seriously. They don't believe he's going to do what he's going to do. And there's a lot of Christians out there like, God's only love. He won't do this. He won't do that. God is a very righteous judge, and that's what people need to remember. 
going on. If you still refuse to listen to me, and if you still turn against me, then I will really show my anger. I, yes, I myself, will punish you seven times for your sins. You will become so hungry that you will eat the body of your sons and daughters. I will destroy your high places. I will cut down, that's the pride, and that is also pride in the church, that is pride in the body, those who don't think they do any wrong, and they think that they don't have a need for God. You know, this. remember, these are verses, the judgment against the wicked. I will cut down your incense altars. That's those given, you know, grace to idols. A lot of people in the crystals and New Age stuff, yoga. You know, and as a side note, did anybody happen to hear about the whole Baal the worship to Baal being risen up by like, I don't know what I think I read. It was like something about 70 some countries. I mean, there, see, this is what I'm talking about. There's all these abominations that they know are a smack in the face to the Lord and they're doing it anyway. Then does anybody even speak out like they're outraged? Does it, did the, I mean, are the churches even talking about this? You know, this is an example of what I'm talking about. It's like, do we have, is there any integrity left within the body to even speak against these things to show disapproval? Or is it, well, it doesn't affect me, so I don't have to worry about it. Well, it may not affect you, but that doesn't mean you should stand complacently silent with it. You know, I will put your dead bodies on the dead bodies of your idols. That's what I was just saying. You will be disgusting to me. You know, that's, um, at that point, that's reprobate. People loved, and you know, I was praying the other night. I can't remember. What verse was I in? What verse? I'm trying to remember what verse it was now. I was in Romans 12. That's where I was. And he said, and I said, what, Lord, why is it people cannot see, even as this gets more and more obvious that we are, this country is not coming back. Why? He said, because they love their sin and their idols more than they love me. That is so sad when the Lord says something like that, or when I feel that's what, what, at least that's what I feel he was saying in my spirit. They're blinded. They have, there's, they're blinded. They don't even notice they're doing it. And you know, it's, it's sad, but let's quote another verse. Lamentations two verses 16 through 21. All your enemies open their mouths wide against you. They scoff and gnash their teeth and say, we have swallowed her up. This is the day we have waited for. We have lived to see it. The Lord has done what he planned. He has fulfilled his word, which he decreed long ago. This is going on right now. He has overthrown you without pity. He has let the enemy gloat over you. He has exalted the horn of your foes. China and Russia, anyone? You know... American leadership, anyone? I mean, you can clearly, clearly see this. And it's not even just America. That's the sad point. It's like, it's, it's, it's not just America. This is happening in other countries as well. You will own nothing and be happy. You will eat human flesh and be happy. You will eat bugs and be happy. You will have no electricity and be happy. Are you seeing a pattern? You know, arrangements being made. 
for persecution, 87,000 new IRS agents. They're going to come after anybody that they say. It doesn't matter whether it's true or not. They're going to come after anyone they say is not paying their fair share. As everything is just stolen and, you know, spending goes into oblivion and beyond. I mean, it's utter insanity, but this is what the word speaks of. The hearts of the people cry out to the Lord. You walls of daughter Zion, let your tears flow like a river day and night. Give yourself no relief, your eyes no rest. Arise, cry out in the night as the watches of the night begin. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint from the hunger at every street corner. Look, Lord, and consider, whom have you ever treated like this? Should women eat their offspring, the children they have cared for? Should priest and prophet be killed in the sanctuary of the Lord? That's the false priests, pastors, prophets, and I did a show last summer on that. Young and old lie together in the dust of the streets. My young men and young women have fallen by the sword. You have slain them in the day of your anger. You have slaughtered them without pity. You know, he's being merciful for the lost sake. He's being merciful for those who he desires to bring into the kingdom. Then we have Jeremiah 19, 7 through 10. I will smash the plans of Judah and Jerusalem in this place. I will cut them down with swords in front of their enemies and with the hands of those who want to kill them. I will give their bodies as food to birds and to animals. I will devastate this city. It will become something to hiss at. I don't know if you've ever heard the term. Um, America will become a hissing. I think Linda had a word on that. You might go to JPH and just do a search. I know Steve Quells mentioned it, but going on. Everyone who goes by it will be stunned and hiss with contempt at all the disasters that happen to it. I will make the people eat the flesh of their sons and daughters. They will eat each other's flesh during blockades and hardships that their enemies impose on them when they want to kill them. The Lord says, then smash the jar in front of the men who went with you. Now, you might remember when I did the podcast on the poor choices, um, Deuteronomy 28. I believe this was one I read anyway. Yes, this is one I read. Deuteronomy 28, 52 through 57. They will besiege all your villages until all of your high and fortified walls collapse, those which you put your confidence in throughout the land. They will besiege all your villages throughout the land of the Lord your God has given you. You will then eat your own offspring, the flesh of the sons and daughters the Lord your God has given you because of the severity of the siege by which your enemies will constrict you. It's about the invasion coming. The man among you who is by nature tender and sensitive will turn against his brother, his beloved wife, and his remaining children. He will withhold from all of them his children's flesh that he is eating, since there is nothing else left, because of the severity of the siege by which your enemy will constrict you in your villages. That's right there, showing you in the future there is going to be another lockdown. Likewise, the most tender and delicate of your women, who would never think of putting even the sole of her foot on the ground because of her daintiness, will turn against her beloved husband, her sons and daughters, and will secretly eat her afterbirth and her newborn children, since she has nothing else, because of the severity of the siege by which your enemy will constrict you in your villages. So you remember how 
Elena, when I answered your email, um, I said that, you know, that was judgment. So I answered it, um, based upon what I just, those verses I just read right there, those five verses, was it five verses? Yeah, it was five, well, four book, different books, but you know, murder is murder, you know, Exodus 20, 13, you shall not murder Leviticus 24, 17. Anyone who takes the life of a human being is to be put to death. Matthew 5, verse 21, as you know, God instructed Moses to tell his people, do not murder. Those who murder will be judged and punished. And so let's be clear. Murder to eat is still murder. Murder to consume human flesh is still murder. Murder to do experiments on babies as the blood goes into the ground and the Lord sees it, that is murder. And is, is the complacency to go along with it, to be complicit or to not even have a care in the world, you know, that is prideful. It's an arrogance. And that is part of what is bringing the judgment on. That there's nothing wrong with that, or, well, I don't, I'll pretend I didn't see it. This attitude of, I don't care, the apathy involved. So, to understand that people in the last days, if they, if they are refuting the truth right now, if they continue to do what they want to do, just whatever they want, treat others with contempt, mock, scoff, you know, claim the Bible is made up or man written. I mean, woe to them. Woe to them. Because these people are that wicked. They're going to think that when they do away with Christians, that they're doing God a favor. That's how deceived they are. And Second Thessalonians it talks about that, that they will be de- they themselves will be deceived and they will be given over their, to their deceptions. There's people being influenced right now that eating bugs and people. I think New York Times did some article about cannibalism. Now, most people don't want that, but see, this is the thing. This is why people need to know their God now and do his exploits and work while it's light, not take it for granted. You want to be doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you, we want to be engaged in mercy. We're supposed to be living like Jesus. And I don't know why, but it, at least from what I'm able to see when I look out, you know, I don't know it, what everyone's doing or where they are or where they see themselves. But there's a lot of denial, and these things will happen. Because they're written. People will, you know, they will be given over the judgment. And there'll be a lot of Christians because they're backslidden or they're not, they're not learning to put the word into practice now. And they don't really have a heart. And that's another thing, you know, I was thinking on this this morning before I got on and, you know, started recording this. There's a lot of people who say they love someone, but the moment you tell them something they don't want to hear, the moment that you tell them, like, you better stop doing this or else. You better stop doing this. Look, it's written in the word. They don't love you, and they don't show for it. But I'm serious. You know, when I said we need to be drawing in and humbling ourselves, I, re- I really meant that. We need to drop our pride. But let's now look. I-, I read earlier about now the judgment. But then let's look at uh, what the Bible says about communion and you know, receiving the Lord 
cannibalism is the judgment, but then let's the communion verses taking a look at first Corinthians 11 verse 27. I'm just going to go through these. And like I said, I'm going to link you to these. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. You know, I grew up Catholic and there were times I did wrong things and I knew it as a, as a teenager. And I would go to church on Sunday with my dad or my stepmom. And they were like, Ray, why don't you want to go receive communion? And sometimes I didn't want to go to church because if I knew that I wasn't doing something right, I would actually feel guilty. And um, they were like, why, why don't you want to? It's like, well, because you're not supposed to receive communion. If you're not living right, if you need to repent, you're really not supposed to. That's what it means. That's what 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. And then moving on, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 29. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. So there's a lot of people. Again, it's there's a lot of complacency. And you can read about the lukewarm church in Revelation 3. There's a lot of people who receive that communion. But yet the church is divided because there's a lot of indifference. And indifference, you know, what do I mean by that? Well, there's a lot of sin that's not talked about. It's not discussed. It's like it's a light slap on the hand and a, well, just don't do that. You just shouldn't do that. But are the verses being quoted? Are, is it being called out what the consequences for that are so that people can really put it into perspective? That's the indifference. If you're not doing that, of course we're going to be in disagreement because people are unaware of what's right and what's wrong. They need to be taught. They need to be shown. And Paul told us we're supposed to be united, not indifferent to one another. And there's a lot of that going on. And this is what I'm trying to get. I'm trying to exhort to people to get on the right side and to be aware of things so that they are learning how to walk right. You know, we're all trying to continually improve. You know, you're remembering who Jesus is if you serve him, if you're doing his will. Luke twenty two nineteen. and when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You know, are we honoring him? Are we remembering who the Lord is and what he did for us on the cross? Are we living like him? Does he look at us and see himself in us when we receive him? That's what we need to look at. First Corinthians 11, verse 34. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that you will not come together for judgment. The remaining matters I will arrange when I come. You know, he's going to divide. He's coming as a sword. He said, don't think that I came to bring peace on the earth, but a sword. You know, that's why... Jesus warned us, or he sent John to warn us in Revelation about the divided church. Like, I see what you do, and you're neither hot nor cold. Because there's those who say one thing, but they're not living the way that they should be. Matthew 26, verse 26, while they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. So, you're consuming the bread of the Lord, he's living within you. It's spiritual. You're represented. You're, we're supposed to be representatives of Jesus. We're not 
supposed to be just self-serving one way, and then we're in church, and that's what I mean when I say we go to church and we're nodding our heads and saying amen, and then going off, and it's like, uh, hey, mister, can you spare five dollars? <laughs> oh, go get a job, you bum. You'd be amazed at how much hypocrisy, I, or it's like somebody acts phony at church, like, hi, Mary, I like your new coat. And, oh, be blessed, be blessed in the Lord. And then they get in the car and yell at their children, why are you being bad in church? And saying a few choice other curse words. I was just talking about to this with my friend Prophet John last night. We were on the phone for like three hours. and It was just, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of, of, of confusion. And yes, we all sin, but it's realizing we do that. And then we're making an effort to turn around. We're making an effort to turn around and do the right thing. Not continue in that way. Communion is a ceremony of acknowledging what he did on the cross for us. So if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Remember that sin is death, and that's what I was meaning earlier when you, if you're not doing something right, you can't be receiving it. Because it's like, so you're receiving the sin, you're receiving your sin, which is death, but then you're also proclaiming the Lord. You can't, evil and good cannot compete. One's going to win out over the other. So repentance should always be claimed first. True repentance before consuming the bread. At least that's how that translates to me. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 16. Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? Are we not all one in the body of Christ? You know, we're only supposed to be consuming the Lord's bread, not sin and then going in there and pretending that we do no wrong. You know, the Lord desires a contrite heart, a repentant heart. You know, once we get that down, then we're more to receive. And that's what we should be doing in unity in the body. You know, not thinking that our, you know what, don't stink. Because not one is righteous, not one. The word says so. And if we lie, and say we've never sinned, we're deceiving ourselves and we're lying before God. And that's a prideful attitude. And furthermore, then you are pretty much calling God a liar. The word says so. You're, you're calling his word. You're saying it's lying. So, you know, it's a very serious offense. We need to keep that in mind. When You know, if we think that we're walking all good and we do no wrong. Because there is always room for improvement as a Christian. And unfortunately, there are a lot of holier-than-thous walking around like that, and that's not helpful. That doesn't help people either that you're trying to bring into the body of Christ if you can't even admit that you do any wrong. And that's a spirit of pride. And so we got to watch that too, because, you know, that's one of the top things that God does not like is a spirit of pride. Psalm 55, 14 we who had sweet fellowship together walked in the house of God in the throng. Acts 2, verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So, in other words, it's being worthy to receive communion. You know, being in agreement as the body, living as a Christian. And here's, here's a good point. I made this earlier, saying you can't, 
be one way and then receive the communion and 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 say that you know oh i'm i'm once saved always saved i can just do this it's like no you need to live right first corinthians 10 verse 21 you cannot drink the cup of the lord and the cup of demons you cannot partake of the table of the lord and the table of demons and you know that's why when you're receiving the bread when you're receiving the blood which is you know the wine that's the cup of the Lord, and you're going to drink from one or the other. We don't receive communion and then hypocritically just continue to do things that we know we shouldn't be doing. We're supposed to know who we serve, and this is what I'm meaning about choices. Do we believe the Lord and who he is? Or do we continue to blow lukewarm and say one saved, always saved, and do whatever we want? And, you know, adulterate and cookie cut the word. That's what I mean by that when I've presented that before. John 6, verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Here's another good one. And this relates to what I was saying about you can't serve evil and light at the same time. First John chapter 1, verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So, again, it's all about, are you living right? For, here's another good one, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1. Does any of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to law before unrighteous and not before the saints? Same as, are you in a disagreement with someone? especially another Christian. You know, truth in that regard, we look at Matthew 5, verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. You know, if you got something against somebody, you're supposed to resolve it. You know, and that's, you know, as far as a gift of the altar, you know, that's the same as presenting a prayer. You know, if you're in sin in that way, how do you expect your prayer to be heard? You're supposed to settle your disagreements before you even come to prayer. You know, at least try to make the effort to do so. But those are just some things as far as, you know, receiving communion, because um, you had asked about that. So as you can see, there's a difference. Light. Fellowship and light, not in darkness. You can't have both. And the cannibalism, that is reserved for the wicked. So as long as we're living in the Lord's ways, as long as, and you know, as long as we have a repentant heart, that's what I meant by contrite. It's a repentant heart. Like we know we messed up, bring our sins to the Lord, confess them, know that we're wrong. The Lord honors that because he sees that we're trying. And this is another thing I was talking about last night with my friend, Prophet John in Indiana. We were on the phone pretty late and we were talking about that. You know, it's seeking, it's no, it's realizing where you went wrong. Repentance is realizing where you went wrong and going, doing an about face, changing, attempting to change. You know, so many people try to keep the law and what they don't understand. This is what I did when I went into the wilderness. When I first came back to the Lord, I realized at first I was trying to put down all these sins at once. And you can't do it. You have to fill yourself with the word 
because you're inviting the spirit of Jesus into your heart. You're inviting the Holy Spirit. And through that, it, you are st- you start to live the word by consuming it. That's consuming the bread, the spiritual bread. You know, Jesus said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so that's what we're doing. You know, we're, it's like you're consuming the word and it's changing you. It's changing you. He's humbling you. You're becoming more like him. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, he humbled you, and in your hunger he gave you manna to eat, which neither you nor your fathers had known, so that you might understand that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You know, cross-referencing that, a man is not defiled by what enters his mouth, but by what comes out of it. Mark 7.20, what comes out of a man that is what defiles him. So it's all about consuming spiritual bread above all. If we're consuming the spiritual bread, we don't have to worry. If we're repent, if we're in repentance, if we're in prayer, if we're consuming the bread, we don't have to worry about literally being left for judgment to eat human flesh. And that's the main takeaway from this recording. We have to get built up. And this is what I'm saying by, you don't live by the bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So it's definitely, we're in a spiritual war and it's a constant pick up your cross every day and follow after Jesus for all of us. But anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it there. I pray again that this has been a blessing to you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me and I'll be happy to answer them as soon as I get the chance. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. And until next time, have a great weekend and stay safe out there, everyone.